Anyone that's listening, watching, welcome to the Freeman for Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Kojo. Where do I even begin? There's been a lot of controversy in football this week. Newcastle beat Arsenal, but not without a goal. Very, very controversial. Many decisions to decide. Was the ball in or out? Was there a foul? Was the guy offside? Some agree, some disagree. Arteta certainly disagreed. Lost his mind, lost all composure. Uh, what else have we had? Um, even the Wolves. Wolves had a decision against them, I think, against, um, wasn't Brentford, Sheffield United. Wasn't a penalty, but the penalty was given anyway because VAR does VAR. Um, Spurs lost to Chelsea 4 1. Now, if you see the scoreline, you'd think, wow, they got absolutely yeah. trounced. If you watch the game, the story's a bit different. But the red cards were red cards, and quite frankly, it changed everything. And we can talk about tactics, we'll get into that later on. Ange is now apparently the most hated man in the Premier League by opposition fans because apparently telling the truth from just being honest is a bad thing. So there you go. But we're going to delve into that as well. Anything else I'm forgetting? Oh, um, if you are a fan of the Champions League, if you're an Arsenal fan, you're smiling. If you're a Man United fan, yeah, not so much. But we're going to get into that as well. And shout out Jeremy Docker as well, because usually I don't like to shout out Man City players, but he has come and torn the Premier League mm-hmm. apart already. And I believe the record is he is the youngest player to get four goals, or four assists rather, in one game. And since everyone has to do contributions now as a whole, he's the youngest player to get five contributions in one game as well. So that is history being made. I'm host Kojo. I am joined, of course, by AT. He made the video. Well, he made the song for the video. So if you hear the voice, you recognize the voice on the song as well. That's the guy right here. Always shouting him out as well. How you doing, my bro? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm blessed. You'd think I'd be a lot stressed, but at this point, I think anyone has been listening to this podcast for all we've been doing. The, this is the eighth season. You're very, very, very much aware I'm a United fan. I have gone from being very angry to very, very de- detached. So you know, yeah. another L. But they are my club. I love the club, so we will delve into them just a little bit. But uh, let's start. Let's start with all the controversy of the weekend, in particular the two managers, the two managers of North London clubs, being Arsenal and Spurs, Arteta, yeah. and um, of course Ange Postecoglou. Um, so we'll start with Arteta first. You are the Arsenal fan. Okay. I know how I felt about that, bro. I like the passion. I like the fact that he came out with his chest and he yeah. spoke because really and truly, if you are that angry. You know, is it better to let things out raw sometimes? I know some people like to say, let me sit back and compose yeah. myself. But it's better to let everything come out and let it be raw because even if you think he's wrong in terms of being annoyed by the goal, the fact is this rant has been coming from a manager for ages because yeah. there's too many shocking VAR decisions. Someone like Gary O'Neill, very calm and relaxed. He's not going to give you that fire, but he'll come and also tell you that it was wrong. And you, you, we don't know what the referees are doing here. Mm. How did you feel about your manager essentially putting man on toast? So, firstly, like you said, like like most people have said to you, a manager's entitled to react how they want to react. 
they're defending their players. You want a manager that's going to defend their team and mm. if they see something that they believe is unjust, speak out on it. That's how, Especially straight after the game, you do, like they're not watching it. They haven't watched it a hundred times. Everything has happened in real time to them. He just lost three points. He's fighting for, you know, in his mind, in many Arsenal fans' mind, in Arsenal players' mind, fighting for the league as well. That's vital three points that we've just lost out on. And especially if it's down to a decision you feel shouldn't have happened. So you're definitely going to be extra upset. My only gripe with the response is that Arteta, like, like a lot of people in general, if it goes his way, like obviously the clip from the Liverpool game, obviously not our Liverpool game, what, when he was asked about it, he said, referees make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. You have to allow them. But when it doesn't go his way, uh, it's a sham. Referees, <laughs> you know, I, I really yeah. I don't like people being like that, especially when it's too close together. Um, because it's just, you know what I mean? Because what happened to Liverpool was arguably, not arguably, was worse than what Shocking. happened to us. Shocking, you yeah. had to understand referees' mistakes then. And now, do you, do you get it? So, um, but definitely no problem with what he said. I don't even have a problem with the, um, the clubs um, backing their manager because um, I actually prefer that because we've seen a lot where clubs don't back their managers and it, it becomes yeah. an issue in the press. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about United, but that's one thing, and United issue, not in terms of refereeing, but everyone says, is the club back in the manager's vision? You know what I'm trying to say? So and I do like when a club comes out and says, if we think an issue's gone too far, we're going to show that. Don't feel like anyone in Arsenal or anyone in Liverpool is against what the manager says. We're backing it 100%. Don't try and play a narrative in the media. So I had no problem with that personally. People are entitled to feel the way they want to feel. But um, yeah, <clears throat> that's my point. My thoughts on what I said. You know what, yeah? Can't lie, yeah. Let me let me let me let me, let me just throw this out there because firstly, I think during Arteta's reign, anyway, I think I can honestly say that you guys have had some very bad decisions against 100%. you. Of course, you also have, also have very bad decisions for you as well, yeah. and this can also be listed by other people if they want to. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I'm enjoying this a bit much, or maybe a bit too much, is because I feel like now fans and players and managers want that sort of stranglehold that Sykes Ferguson used to have. They talk, they, they called it corruption and, you know, you know he had them on, on locks and they do whatever he can, he, they wanted. No, it's levels. It's simply levels. You couldn't go into a press conference with Sykes Ferguson and try and rattle him. He wouldn't allow it. And then he would get you into the press conference a couple of weeks later after you've been banned and tell you your job is to tell the truth. Stop lying. Don't say I've said something and then twist it because it's clear what I've yeah. said. Similar to Arteta because, you know, a lot of people have tried to twist some of the words he said in the past. And quite frankly, if he hasn't said that, stop lying. Stop, yeah. you know, trying to put a lie on his name. It's, it's false. Same way with the referees. He wasn't, you know, trying to put um, referees on toast. And I always, I always say this. If anyone remembers the 11-12 season, um, now... This, this happened early in the season, uh, earlier in the season in November. So I'm not going to say that's the reason my United didn't win the league and the Aguero moment was a Aguero moment. But we drew a game at home with Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And we considered the penalty that was baffling to everybody, including Newcastle fans. I remember the referee blowing the whistle and just being utter silence in the stadium. And Newcastle fans almost cheering out of bemusement because they're like, okay, what's going on here? Rio Ferdinand tackled Ben Arthur. And Ben Arthur was happy with the challenge, got his corner, they shook hands. Him up. To go to the corner. Go to the corner. Referee blows the whistle. Everyone turns around. They're like, "What's going on here?" Penalty. What? 
But what Sad Ferguson said in that is because I think the the um, reporter was basically trying to ask him, "Have you even like spoken to the referee? What's going on here?" And his comment was, "I don't speak to the referees at the end of the game. There's no point." Game's because done, we, it's done. What are you gonna get? Mm-hmm. You you're gonna be you're gonna be angry about a decision. But if you go and sit next to him and tell him it wasn't a penalty, and he tells you it is a penalty, you're just there debating for no reason. It's done. It's not going to change. That's why that's what Gary Gary O'Neill said in his um, interview as well. He said, look, I said to the referee and I said to him, that wasn't a penalty. We watched the same video and he said, it is a penalty. What's going on here? I liked it because that should be a warning and a lesson lesson to him and other managers that basically say, I demand an explanation. Why did that happen? No matter what happens, it's not going to change the result. So, So you need to somehow find a way to almost... Make sure they have their respect, but also make sure that they actually get to understand even before the game mm-hmm. that there's something that needs to be set here. There's a level, and if something is given, there has to be a consistency about it as well. Mm-hmm. And we're always missing that consistency. So I liked it. Now, you made a point about Ateta Ange. With Ange's comments, was he you know how I feel? We spoke in the voice notes, but yeah, we'll obviously we'll obviously uh, verbalize it. Is he wrong? I don't believe Ange is wrong in terms of what he said about refereeing. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And even to an extent, I'm kind of like that, especially after the match, because everyone's job is hard. Refereeing is hard. You're not going to make everyone happy unless you make decisions go one person's way. If it goes one person's way, the other person is not going to be happy. No matter how fair you call it, they're not going to be happy. They're going to look for any reason to justify why they were cheated. Um, so I get where he's coming from. The job is hard. They've been asked to do it, move on. The only gripe I had with his comments is that, um, for me personally, when I heard it, he was taking shots at Arteta. He was, even though he didn't mention Arteta's name, he was taking shots and not to bring in Poch too much, but I contrast it to Poch because Poch said similar things. He didn't say, he didn't go as far as Ange did, but he said similar things, but he also made sure to preface, knowing the way the media is as a manager, he made sure to preface said, Oh, I'm not talking about Arteta. So yeah. don't say I'm talking about Arteta. I'm yeah. not. Ange is not a stupid person. He's a smart guy. He's a manager. Smart guy. He's playing smart football. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He knew his comments were directed at Arteta. But I guess he wants to hide behind his. I never mentioned his name. But you, you made it such a spe- the way he um, worded his um, his statement was seemed so specific that it was like. So, but on the flip side, like we talked about in the voice note, what people on Twitter are saying about, oh, this is what Ange said in the past. Taking one game out of context is kind of crazy. Like, it's shocking. Because he's been very consistent in his approach to how he talks about reveries. So to take one game out of context is kind of shocking. On top of that, if we were on the back of that Newcastle result, so we had won because of that goal, and Eddie Howe was complaining, we wouldn't be saying... Eddie Howe is right. There are, yeah. granted, there are there are some fans who are like, even when we win because of a bad refereeing decision, they do come out and say, obviously, we're happy we won. We may believe we deserve to win, but there is an issue with refereeing. Even yeah. with, they don't may not go into detail. There are fans, I appreciate those fans, but a lot of people are more, once it doesn't go your way, that's when it's all an issue. When it does, you know I mean? You don't have a problem with it, so... Fact, fact. I mean, even with that game alone, the ref- I thought that referee even lost control in the first place anyway from the, the Havertz tackle, which at first, I can't lie, in real time, I'm and in the, in, it, was that? 
In real time, it looks like a red. In real time, it's a red. I don't even. Know. I like you. I thought it was yellow card in real time first, yes. only because. Yeah. I feel like his the leading foot missed, and then the training foot. No, it's he's jumped into it, so I understand yeah. why it would be given a red if it was. But mm-hmm. because he went to his, his foot and he missed the first one, I thought, okay, maybe you know you yeah. could deem it as maybe he's trying to intercept the the, the ball being cleared rather than mm-hmm. you know, trying to foul. However. The reason why I thought after was a record is because um, match of the day played a slower replay, and you can see that that leading foot actually catches the player he's, first. He's thought, yeah, and then obviously, of course, takes him out completely afterwards. So With then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, whoa, okay, this is bad. On the other side, you've then got Bruno Gomez with a very <laughs> <laughs> unprovoked. Unnecessary and Completely. also, I mean, if you're trying to get back at Arsenal, you've attacked the wrong player, by the way. I'm just, just being way crazy. wrong player. If you think Kai Havertz and Jorginho are the same person, you've got a problem there. Yeah, he's elbowed Jorginho in the head now. Oh, that was bad, bro. That's a red. So, here's my here are my thoughts. So, even taking back to Havertz, when I first saw it, I thought, it was, I thought he got straight, I thought he got all leg, no ball when I saw it in real time. That's how I thought it was a red, mm. right. The reason when it slowed down, like, I wouldn't have been... Obviously, I'd be upset with red, but I wouldn't understand the red what slowed down. The reason I thought they gave a yellow when it slowed down is because I feel that even though he got the leg, when you see it slowed down, I think the referee seen it slowed down, he goes, oh, he hasn't got as much of the leg as the player has tried to pretend he has. Yes. You know what I'm just saying? Which is why I'm saying, oh, you, I'm giving him yellow for recklessness, but he actually hasn't injured you. Like he hasn't done something that's going to injure you because you've dodged it. Because it's kind of like if I go down in the box to foul you and I completely miss you, yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not getting a card for that. Do you know yeah. that? Unless it's, I'm getting a card if it's mad reckless. But I'm not getting a card for contact because I've missed you. Do you understand? So I think that's, and even the, I thought maybe you get a red for the training leg. But I think the reason they didn't escalate it to a red is because that his training leg was very tucked. So there's nothing more he could do. With that leg barring removing his leg from the situation, mm. that's cool. Now, moving on to Bruno. If the referee seen what Bruno has done and has thought to himself, I've given a yellow after VAR, but I feel like it should have been a red now that I'm thinking about it, but it's too late. I'm gonna give them some leeway. Bru- the elbow was a red card because it's reckless, 100%. the ball's not there. That even red card offense, that's physical harm. Yep. So if the referee's like, cool, I'm gonna give a yellow to match well both because referees do do it. That's yep. what they do do that. I've given a wrong call, so I'm now going to give you a call. Cool. Even if the referee's like, I'm not going to call it. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because he didn't even get a free kick. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't even get a free kick. That's That was what was... Anyway. The problem was, Bruno was doing that to Jorginho, especially all game. It wasn't the only time. Mm-hmm. Bruno ended that game with a yellow card on the last offence he makes. Not the four or five he's been doing. I don't even. I was so bewildered at how Bruno ended that game. I was so bewildered that Eddie Howe felt comfortable enough to not sub Bruno off, watching the football play because all yeah. his. I mean, there was two in particular on Jorginho that were made. Not they weren't late challenges. That's that's what I need to get into people's heads. He didn't use his legs to tackle anyone. That it wasn't a late challenge. The ball had completely transitioned to another phase of play. And Bruno's like, I'm taking, I'm getting my hit on Jorginho. Fat. And so that for me, that was the, sh- the referee was shocking from that point of view that, yeah, the game escalated, but the referee has allowed 
too much to go unnoticed. Because even if he decides to give Havertz a red, whatever, new a couple of Newcastle players shouldn't have been playing playing that whole game as well. Because it escalated from that point on, and he didn't try to control it. And it was the problem is even even if people are making rash tackles and you're like, cool, I'm not going to start throwing away cards. I'm going to tell people to calm down. That's on the ball. So yeah. Bruno wasn't doing anything on the ball. The ball wasn't there. He was he was wrestling. He was you know what I'm trying to say. He was doing MMA. The ball wasn't there at all. I don't like even and no one can tell me. Um, I think the only thing with VAR, I think I can't remember exactly, but I think there was a rule that if the referee doesn't stop it, VAR can't come back to you and say no, you need to stop the game. A foul has happened. So even if they see the Bruno push, I don't yeah. think they can tell the ref that oh. Bruno should be sent off because the ref hasn't blown it in the first place. I can't remember exactly. I just remember there was an issue with the a few weeks ago at Chelsea where everyone said, when you look back at it, it said, no, Sanchez has fouled Gabriel. With it right. he doesn't get the, and then they say, why wasn't that called? And I can't remember. I think someone said, because the referee didn't stop it in the first place. VAR is not allowed to tell them, tell him it's a foul. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not, I'm just, but I'm just, because I know a lot of people say, why isn't, because you can argue the referee didn't see it because he wasn't looking. Right. But um, people have asked why has VAR gone back and said, "Well, that's a foul." Well, that's 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 the baffling thing because I guess the rules are a bit. That's where you have a bit of sympathy for referees if the rules are very very mixed up. Because mm-hmm. I, as, as far as we can, we're concerned, I mean, if you go back to uh, here's what was very controversial for you guys: um, Brighton United during lockdown when the full whistle went, May United complained oh. for a penalty. Game's done. But man, the referee keeps the players on the pitch because it's a VAR decision. Now, that one was extremely controversial because you've actually blown for full time. Mm. You've not blown for a penalty or yeah. a free kick or whatever you would have deemed would have happened in the, that box. So what is the rule? And that's the thing they, they, they need to establish first. What are the rules to make it clear clear, clear and clean cut? Because this idea of the clear and obvious, obvious thing is also very opinion-based. Mm-hmm. This, this is the issue with the rules. Like, we need factual rules. It's like when offside was starting to be changed back in the 2000s and you had, like, yeah. the daylight rule, for example. So two players are here. This is the forward. If there's suddenly a bit of space in between them, you can tell he's offside. That's offside from the replay. Say no more. Yeah. Or not from the replay, because the way we're doing VAR, that's by the linesman believing that there's a bit of space. It was essentially, mm-hmm. if he's in front of him, simple as that, isn't it? Simple rule. They've changed it over time. But it keeps changing. Then the handball rule keeps changing, and then this keeps changing. So, what is the the guideline? What is the the level? Because that's where it struggles. Now, you got your way for advertising. Do you want to be a referee during Champions League games? So clearly, <laughs> clearly, the struggles they're giving the referees are now discouraging other people from wanting to even consider being a referee before even trying to try and be a referee. It's it's, it's a difficult time for the game right now. I think they're doing too much. Um, another question I want to ask you before we go into Champions League game. Yeah. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of bringing other aspects of other sports into into our game, yeah. Because you don't do the same the other way round. Yeah. Now the idea of sin bins has been brought forward. The idea mm-hmm. of um, actually, I do agree with this one in tennis. The line technology. Now, a situation where you know you've got the um, the Arsenal the Newcastle-Arsenal game where you don't know if the ball's gone out. If it's going over the line of the goal, because the technology is on the, the goal, then yeah, that's a different oh, yeah. one. Yeah, that's a different situation. You can tell whether the ball's in the back of the net or not. So that one's not a problem. 
But if you haven't got or you don't want to invest in that type of top-level technology for around the pitch, doing the VAR, do you think, I think, I think it's not a bad idea, do you think it'll be, or do you think it'd work if they had almost like the tennis system where you can see the ball bounce on the line and then they do that thing where the, the screen flips and you can see where it's gone so that you it's, have yeah, you the proof as to where the ball is. Do you think that'll work? The reason why... So, I think the problem... The reason why it won't work for football... Because I was thinking about when you mentioned it. And I thought, mm. actually, that's a good idea. But I think the reason why it won't work for football is because of the way I understand the ball, ball on the other side of the line rule is because the tennis ball smaller. Now, the way mm. they've done the rule... And you know they do where it lands, in it? So, it's the yes. point of impact. Yes. Now, because the football is bigger than the line... A, the ball can actually land on the outside of the line. However, the way they have the rule is that the curve in it. So if that part of the curve is in on the line, even if the ball is landing outside the line, it's still on. And yeah. that is how the Matoma goal, the Matoma issue happened in the World Cup happened. That's why yes. they said it was in. It's because even though the ball was outside of the line, that lot, that bit of the curve was on. But with that technology... It would the board have been will be X, and that's fine if they decide to change it. But then you have yeah. to change it to once you add that technology, wherever the ball lands, it's, if it's out, it's out. If it's in, it's in, and there can be no complaints. If they do that, then yeah, that makes sense. It works. But if they're still under the guise of no, it's where it the whole ball, including its curve, including its shadow, that's what like they like to call it, is out. That's when it's out. Then it doesn't work because it will just it will just cause more issues as well. Like I mean, that is the reason why they said it wasn't out in the Arsenal game is that they couldn't tell if the curve was out, and that's yes. what people don't really understand because they say no, the ball is out. No, the point of impact is out. What they were trying to see if the curve was out, and I guess the reason they're going along with that is because they've already set a precedent that if the curve is in, it's in. Yeah. So then for them to now turn around and change that. It's too dangerous because then basically you're saying is that what you're saying is it's whatever we feel it to be, and which is technically how it is anyway. But they're trying to be consistent with it, so they should just change rule. They should just change rule to the point of impact. Yeah. Change rule to the point of impact, and then you haven't got an issue. Change yeah. rule to the point of impact. It's not an issue. It's a non-issue. Change it to point of impact, and then at least when everyone's complaining, and then if you introduce the tennis technology, but it compl- another thing I thought they should introduce as well. You know when VR makes a decision and all f- people start complaining, they should yes. just show it on the big screen. That's that's the thing though. Like no clear ones, not not ones that aren't clear because that's stupid. Because everyone's just going to make. Oh no no! But I was going to say. Foul, I was going to say. Yeah. If it's a foul and you call it a foul, and then you know when Matt players and captains all okay, it wasn't a foul because of X Y X Y X Y Z. What's the point? Because everyone's thinking, oh, this is the point of view I'm thinking of it from and seeing. I'm like, show it on the screen. Like, call VR, show it on the screen. And when you, because even the Havertz one, right? Let's say that's supposed to be a red card. We give a red card, ask the players are complaining. Like, cool, show it on the screen. And you're like, look at it. Point of impact. A foul is if yeah. he doesn't get the ball and he takes the leg. You see the point of it? Who's going to, you're going to complain that it didn't happen as was living. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> that's my point. So, stuff like that. But yeah, that's what the they only, have to adapt the rules a bit. But The only issue that has not. I don't have an issue with that. The only issue that has is like stadiums like Old Trafford, which I find ludicrous, oh, by the way, yeah. don't have a screen. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I love that stadium, but it needs it needs desperate help. It needs desperate help. And Manchester United, who are supposed to be one of, if not the biggest club in the land, if they do not have a screen, whether that's because uh, the, the the owners are just neglecting mm-hmm. everything that needs to happen. I mean, the, the stadium leaks from the slightest bit of drizzle at this point. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, that's the only issue. But I do agree with that. If they do find a way to essentially show the replays, you know, because when you, when you score a goal, um, anytime anyone has anyone's been to the Emirates, when Arsenal score a goal or the opposition yeah, score a goal, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you see the replay, it happens. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is possible. Um, but, or, you know, or the manager dugouts have, have the screen, so the managers can stop complaining. It to be honest, in they NBA and NFL, they have it. Even when they do, in NBA, when a call, when you, you call it, when they use one of their calls and they check to see if it was a right call or not, everyone, they cut, not only they have the thing where the ref goes to the screen and explains why they're reversing the, reversing the call or keeping the call the same, and yep. you can see it, everyone can see it. That everyone can see it on the big screen and managers can see it on their own screen and and that it, I'm not saying it's not that all, but you could defeat the the point of oh this ref is being biased blah blah blah. We're all seeing what we're seeing, it? especially for the clear ones. Like you can't come and say it wasn't a foul. You took this guy's head top off. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, there's no if buts or maybes. And it, I mean it might slow down the game a bit, but the game is becoming so slow anyway because of VAR. So you know what I mean it, it literally changes everything. So. Well, oh, yeah. this is this is what the fans asked for uh, in terms of VAR 100%. and coming in and stuff. But you always got to remember and the, the, and the managers exactly. And the, and managers, the managers, yeah. Right before VAR, everyone forgets that before VAR came in, managers were crying that referees were not making the correct decisions. It was costing points. Everyone was screaming about it. Yeah, VAR coming now. Nah, it's now they're saying it's worse. Now you. you, you End of the day, end of the day, referees will continue to make mistakes because it is human error. The video is there, whether they agree or not, it's the situation. So whilst millions of us are screaming behind the TV saying that is not a penalty or it's not a red card or it is a red card, mm-hmm. if they're gonna disagree, they're by going by the rules that have been given to them, which again you never agree you never agree with either. Mm-hmm. You just have to accept it for what it is. But this is the love of football, and this this is what football gives us the the, the chance to express ourselves and you yeah. know challenge stuff so i wouldn't change that for the world um but yeah i'm happy with the Ange talk um arteta i'm sure the the win in midweek has put a big smile on his face you guys won two nil of yeah, course against the Vio, so that's a home and away win against the club um yeah just give me a breakdown how do you feel about the game um Declan game Rice was outstanding well, by the way listen there's some players some people that want Declan to do more well me personally I know it's a difference because for me, we're still winning games and we're not performing the same way we performed last year. Yeah. So I'm looking at the people that are different. The difference between the team from last year and this year is Declan. I mean, obviously I'm Raya, but mostly Declan for me. He's he's doing his role. He's doing what he's been asked to do, and he get, every week I feel like he's in, he's getting smarter and sharper. Yeah. So and for me, I've not. I, there hasn't been a game barring the Tottenham game where I've been disappointed, and he was injured. In the Tottenham game, yeah. he got injured yeah. in the Tottenham game, so you know, um, he's been amazing for us. Um, he's done what we needed, what we needed to bring in a player, can do, and he's been consistent. Got injured, Tottenham came back two games later, unlike obviously a certain other player that spends most of his time on the injury list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna, 
I'm going to name his name. Like, I've heard a couple of rumors as to why he can't play in Spain, and I'm just anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But um, the game was good. The game was decent. Um, at the start, <clears throat> not that we lacked cluster. It was just we couldn't we couldn't break them down. They weren't doing a low block. We just couldn't break them down defensively. They were playing decent defensively. Once we get once we got the first goal, um, the the pass from Jorginho. Uh, that, that's for me. That's what he's there to do. That's what I prefer him doing. Um, not just because I know he, I know he waits for the perfect pass, but stuff like that. I don't mind him doing that low block, risky pass. And it wasn't risky. It's not even risky. He just sees the defense split and puts it in. That was great. Obviously, I think Martinelli was was impactful. Obviously, his end product. He's just not as good on his left foot as I would like him to be, especially if he's going to do the crossing. Because um, yeah. he likes to do. It's like a, he doesn't whip it on the left. He does like a slow, a slow little lob back, right? Kind of lob chip back in it, but it's so slow that a defender can get to it even if in the wrong position. Yes. If, if the if the attacker's not in the right position, if he gets a bit more power on that left whip in it, then the product will be crazy. Even on own goals, the fact because the way he beats his man and then pushes it in in it, so and he was dangerous on that side in terms of until the end product because he made them think and they had to keep. They eventually had to double him up. They had to double up. They couldn't. They keep going, so I like that from him. Obviously, Saka, you know, he can have a crap game and still score an assist. You know what I mean? He didn't have a yeah. crap game, but he's not his best game in it. Um, after we scored, I thought that we became more confident. But at the same time, it wasn't the game wasn't wasn't in any doubt. Um, that, I don't know if you know the stats, but Sevilla only got one shot on goal, and that was at the end of the game. That was at minute eighty eight. They only had well, one shot on goal, and that was at minute eighty eight. And so for me, that is, it may not have looked dominating, but they didn't have the ball. They didn't really do anything when they did have the ball. It was just mm. of frustrating us that it seemed a bit, oh, we could have done more. But apart from that, they completely, and it was a good come bounce back performance from Newcastle. Do you understand? Yeah, it was a good bounce back performance from Newcastle. And I feel like the players felt a bit more comfortable and a bit more, at least we, we won this. They moved on. And it's good to see them moving on from Newcastle. That's why I like not carrying the defeat. Yes. The next yes. game will become and playing frustrated or angry or trying to rush rush the game, especially because we were at home, <clears throat> and that puts us in good standard, good standing in our group. Win another game and then we're good. We don't need to worry. In fact, to be honest, we don't need to worry now anyway. But you know, still good to. I want to top the group and just make sure that's out of contention. But yeah, but you guys, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How did you guys fell apart? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, we we fell up, we fell apart big time. Um, <laughs> um, look, our our game, I'm, I'll be very, I'll try and be as fair as possible, as very balanced as possible. I don't think Man United played bad. Now, the first half an hour we were fantastic. Took two goal lead, deserved. I'm not going to even argue. I don't think anyone can argue against it. My issue is this: now, the red card, whether you think it's a red card or not, because it's a big bit debate about it. Ian Wright said it wasn't a red. Some people believe it was a red. On first glimpse, I actually did think it was a red because yeah. it, it, it's not intentional. But I know when you, you're trying to put your foot down and you're stepping across, there is there is the risk of you stepping on the guy's ankle. You're sent off rather for how nasty it looks rather than the intent or, you know, wherever behind it. And on second thought, I don't think it is a red, but look, this is the card you've been dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, have to, you have to take it. My issue with United is this. There is such a sense of collapse that just you just know it's going to happen. Earlier the season, May United score, conceded within two minutes. Mm-hmm. May United score, five minutes later, 
concede again. And then when you st start to that issue, might not go down to 10 men or get an injury, concede straight away. Mm -hmm. Now, I will argue this. The first goal that they scored should have been given off for offside. And the reason I say that is because when the ball was crossed in, um, El Nuzi, who scored the goal, when he hit it, one of his players were in between the defender right. and Onana, um, and also he was in Onana's way. So Onana hasn't got a clear view. Yeah, you can, exactly. You can argue that I think it was, might be Maguire that was in front of him as well. He's trying to get a position to block the shot, so so be it. But regardless, that doesn't take away from the fact there's another player there. So if you move Maguire out of the situation, he's still being blocked. Yeah, difficult, but that goal's been given. Then the penalty. I don't think it was a penalty, but you've been given that as well, Paul. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, I don't like the fact that they were able to suddenly just get into that situation straight away and just struggle. And we, we didn't find a way to settle quick yeah. enough. Cool. Second half happens. We get a penalty of our own. Again, debatable. It's up to you if you want to give it a penalty or not. But we got it. We scored. My issue is this again, though. And it is a manager issue. And it's not only Ten Hag, so I'll always make this perfectly clear. And on some level, done this as well, which I have to talk about as well. Yeah. If you are down to 10 men or nine men, mm. you need to find a better way to manage your game. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. You've been lucky enough to get a penalty, dubious, but you've mm -hmm. got it, you've scored it. Now, what do you do? This is where I had the issue with Ten Hag. This is where my head started spinning. I was thinking, what's going on here? I believe it was after. I'm actually going to confirm this with myself before I even statement. <laughs> Nice. Because, because I want to make sure just um, that I wasn't going crazy. But it concerns a substitution that was made within the game that actually baffled me to the point where I was like, why have you made this change? Okay. So, um, Hoyland, there we go. They scored in the 83rd minute, I'm correct. Right. A minute later, he took, he took off Hoyland. For Mason Mount. I don't have an issue with Mason Mount coming on, but if you want to wait a way to try and balance the game, but still trying to find a way to win the game, because despite us having 10 men, Copenhagen was still vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to win the game. <laughs> if you are going to take off your forward, I would argue you bring on Martial. Yeah. Everyone knows how I feel about Martial. But on the bench, he's your most potent threat of getting yeah. a goal. So if you're talking about him being able to hold up play, do the rest and so on, why not bring him on? And if the the, the game plan is counter-attack, they, they, they come forward, try and break, he holds the ball up, maybe Fangar, Nacho, Bruno, whoever's going to try and overlap, Matt Tominay, because he's trying to do box-to-box -box now. Make that, the, make that the game plan. Don't bring Mason Mount and make him a false nine because mm. he presses. Now, I think his pressing ability is good, but in that situation when you're down to 10 men, in my opinion, pressing should be the first thing on your mind. Right. It should be, yeah. how can I keep things compact and limit their chance of scoring? Because now they're taking advantage of the fact that they've got a man extra. That's where my issue is with this manager. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a bad manager. I don't think he's a bad coach. When I make these points, it's only because I'm feeling like, are you doing the best you can to get a result? May not have a lot of issues. The squad, arguably, not good enough. But there's a way to get results, and I really and to back that up, you did it last year. You got third place and you got a trophy, okay. so you can find a way to win with this team. You can. You're not doing it, so that's my problem. But other than that, I don't think Manchester played bad. I just think there is a unlucky. yeah, they got unlucky. But there's a culture there where defeat is culture. Once once you're on the back foot, 
you just keep going on about for you. Know, keep thank you, thank yeah. you. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. So the, I don't know. The well, in terms of the Rashford um, red, um, again, if you if you take that out of context and you just see the foul, you think that's a red. The mm-hmm. only re- I'm refing that game. I don't even give a yellow. I can give you. I can see why you give a yellow just because there's no way. In the you see it, you think you have to give something for recklessness. Yeah. But someone made a point. And when you look at it from that point of view, that's why you have to look at the whole clip on the whole. Rashford wasn't going after the ball. He wasn't shielding the ball. He wasn't doing anything. His foot was in the air. Mm. He had the ball. He was landing. He, right, he, right, right, he right. was landing. His foot is always going to that position, no matter who's there. He hasn't changed his positioning because the player's there. His foot's in the air, so he's coming down on it. That player has moved his foot underneath. I'm not saying on purpose, but yeah. Rashford can't. He Rashford cannot change. There is no way Rashford can change the trajectory of his foot. He's not yeah. trying to tackle. He's not, sh- and that's what makes it worse. If he was shielding the ball, you can argue you need to be careful about your play- foot placement. You could argue that if he's trying to do something tricky, but he wasn't. He was just landing so he could get on, go on. Yeah. There's not. Do you understand? Know I don't. I can't. It looks crazy. It does. But realistically, if you were to study that, and just if referees and footballers were to study that, take out take out Rashford and his face, everything, they'll say that's, that cannot be... Rashford cannot do anything in that position, yeah. barring twist his other leg. You would have to physically twist his other leg to move, because at the trajectory he's landing at, because if, if you look at him landing, um, the other guy's foot isn't even there until the last minute. Yeah. I don't see how Rashford is moving his foot, personally. I don't think it's I don't think it's a card. I don't think it's definitely not a red. Um, yeah, in terms of the the way you play when you go down. Obviously, Arteta does this thing where he tends to, like, he'll try and, so if we're ahead especially, he'll protect the lead. He ain't trying to score another goal. I don't like teams that protect the lead because I don't think teams can protect the lead as well as they they think they can in their heads. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, I do believe they practice it in training, but the mentality is different in training than in a real game. Sometimes it works out well. But most of the time, you're just under insane levels of pressure. Yeah, you can, but you can not. You don't have to play your same game, but you can play counter-attacking well. The example is: remember the first few weeks of the Premier League, everyone who went down to ten men didn't lose. Yeah, Literally, Liverpool, yeah. Um, Fulham, they didn't lose. Liverpool came out to win. Fulham, um, Liverpool came out to win against Newcastle. Fulham yeah. drew with us. Yeah, didn't lose, and that was because and it wasn't like they were playing possession football. They were just like cool. We got ten men. We'll go for it. Mm. Well, when we have the chance to, we'll go for it. Yeah. Look at Spurs versus Chelsea. Arguably, even with ten men, the game was fair. Like Spurs did a high line, and then if Chelsea had better strikers, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like and realized that Chelsea's Chelsea's not that team. Chelsea, yeah. they were catching them offside, especially with and and with the keeper sweeping as well. They had Chelsea on the ropes. And even before Chelsea scored their second goal, I believe, it was definitely their second, Son has a shot, which the keeper saves. Yes, yes, yes. Son yes. scores, they have nine men. Son scores that, Chelsea probably lose that game. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy, at nine men. And so that was my point that I feel, but that only works against a team like Chelsea who are lacking confidence in front of goal. Um, a better team punishes Ange with that high line 
because Ange hasn't been Ange doesn't do that high line against your Arsenal's and stuff like that. Your Liverpool's he won't do that. He's just too risky. But so I think maybe that's the only thing they're thinking that let's not tr- let let me not play as if I'm on the back foot. The problem is, do the players understand that? You can tell the players to go out there and attack, but if in their minds they're on the back foot, they're gonna keep going on the back foot. So it is a toss up. It's yeah, United have been unlucky um, this yeah. year, but. Yeah, he's been, been unlucky. Ricardo Del, I mean, he's got the best win rate of any manager in his first two seasons, I guess. So, yeah. you know, he's not done a bad job. Um, obviously, you have to you have to take into context some of the situations. I mean, Sats first and the main night he took over was not a good main night. So, <laughs> so if anyone that's going to try and compare the two, he's always like, uh, you have to remember, put context to what you're talking about. Yeah. But he's still here. Um, for anyone that is listening, uh, now, um, I believe at the start of next week, um, what's his name? Sir Jim Ratcliffe will actually be having his 25% in Manchester United and taking oh, over really? sporting players. Yep. Now, okay. I'm going to say this as a disclaimer quickly. Obviously, that is the that is the rumor going ahead, and it sounds like not like just the people, not hearsay, it sounds like it's legitimate, right. okay. but also. Also, I will say this. If anyone is expecting things to happen straight away, nah. calm yourselves down. Calm yourselves down. There's a lot, there's a lot of work to do in this club. So I don't know how I feel about him. At the same time, I'm not going to just dismiss him. Let's give him a chance mm-hmm. to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully he brings what United need on the sporting side anyway. And mm-hmm. we go from there onwards. Better people within the boardroom to, to work on sporting decisions. And I will say this. I genuinely, genuinely believe that Ten Hag needs help identifying better players yeah i'm not mad with only four of his signings he's bringing quite a few players and those four players are onana hoyland lissandra martinez and um mason mount and the only reason i say mason mount is because i just don't think he's been given a fair shot this season yeah because he played about two or three games got injured and he's just not seen the pitch consistently yeah and you can't, you cannot. It hasn't build even form. been half a season. I can't, you can't really judge someone. There you go, and you can't, you can't build form. You cannot build form. You can judge Havertz though, but oh yeah, you can. Do, yeah, but he's playing. He's yeah, playing. He's playing different, well. different yeah. kettle of fish. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Mason Mount, he got injured, came back, and uh, footballers are very different to the footballers that we grew up on. Unfortunately, mm. these players need a lot more time to actually yeah. get into form. Before you can, you know, you know, there's, there's only a certain few that you can put them back into a game and they can make an impact. Yeah, go straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other yeah. than that, everyone else is. That's why you coined the phrase now, confidence player. You know, everyone yeah. needs that confidence. But in reality, whoever didn't have confidence in the past are still bored out. Ridiculous then, because if you had confidence, you bored out. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, that is the alleged news. So we will see. If that comes to fruition, we'll see oh. if that helps Manchester United in the long run. Big job ahead um, for him mm. as well. But uh, for anyone that's worried, again, I'm not a f- big fan of his, but I will say this. I was very first critical of his work at Nice when he took over there. He brought in a lot of like ex-Premier League footballers that just weren't looking like they want to do a job. Mm. But over the next two years, they've done something nice and smart. And if you look at them in League One right now, they're playing good football. They've got a good, they're getting good results. Um, and they've got a manager that's young that actually sort of, I guess, wants to understand the way football's going and trying to work yeah. with the times. And that's why Nisa are playing good football. And again, more importantly, more than anything, 
whether you deem good football is do your thing, but results are number one for me. And he's getting the results at that club. So it's working out. So we'll see. We'll see. But Man United, a lot more scrutiny, a lot bigger, a lot more work to do. So we'll judge, we'll judge later. Um, but yeah, I think I think we can we can call it there. Um yeah. in, in depth. Um <laughs> quickly actually, before you go, because I haven't actually asked you, and it's something that I'm making sure to ask every single fan okay. of a club or a player or whoever. Genuine what would you be happy with expectations for Arsenal this year? Premier League? What would I be happy with? Yeah, so Premier League. Is that a challenge? Is it to win it? Is it to finish in the position? Or in the Prem? Okay. Yeah, yeah in the to Prem. Win it. In to win it. In to win it. Okay. Champions League? To win it. To win it. Um, yeah, and the reason the reason I have those expectations, because people think, it's not because I think we're the best team in either of those competitions. Mm. If you're not progressing, what are you doing? Is Arsenal's fault for finishing second last season? Is Arsenal's fault for living up to the oh, you know when they did the um, performance? Um, um, was it who was it? I don't even know who did it, but they did the rankings of the best managers and the best clubs in the Champions League, and they had Arteta fourth, and they had Arsenal third, which was ridiculous, by the way, because we're not we haven't played in it in five six years. But I said, yeah. hey, if you want to live up to that hype, then you win it. We got the group. No group in the Champions League is easy. But our group was is not hard compared yeah. to, you know, what I'm trying to say we've we've got a good run in terms of the prem. I, like I said to my friend, I don't think we'll win it because we're the best team. I just think every other team is just gonna get that unlucky at the end of the season. If we're first, you won't be like Arsenal's the best team. The other teams are just unlucky. The only team we need to beat and be better than is City. If right. you assume City will beat everyone else, you beat City, and then and once and even the goal we scored against City, City were just unlucky. <laughs> I'm not what I'm saying. It wasn't that we were better than them. City were just unlucky. Mm. Even Tottenham should be unbeaten right now. They were just unlucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. So, and that's how I feel. And I think luck plays a major factor in these kind of competitions. But in terms of aspirations, I feel that that's what you should be going for. If you consider yourself one of the best teams in a league or in Europe, then your aspiration shouldn't be to finish second, third, or fourth. It should be to win. And that's it. In term, but I would want I would want a trophy definitely. We've invested a lot of money, I'm not, and I, I get it, it's, it's a project, but at this stage of the project, especially when you invest money in players which are which you question, which which the fan base question and doesn't seem like there's any reason, but you're like, trust me, it's going to work. If you have the luxury, I'm not even going to say audacity, if you have the luxury to do that, then yep. you you got to be winning. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. If he doesn't win, I'm not going to be like Arteta out. I'm not going to be. I'm not a recency merchant, but I'll be unhappy. I can be. I can tell you to do your job and stay, stay your job and be unhappy with you 100. percent And so mm. I be, I believe like as many things. Even us going out of the Carabao Cup made me furious. I I hate the mentality of not going winning going to win every game. I hate that. Yeah. I yeah. hate. I hate. You should have just played the youngers. They would have gone for it. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, but they would have gone for it. <laughs> I'm yeah, not, yeah, I would. They would have gone for it. I would have been angry that you're just playing younger, but at least they would be like, "I want this trophy. I'm going, I'm going, giving a hundred percent. I'm not ma- load management. I'm not thinking, oh, this is just a caravan. Hate that mentality. Can't, I can't be thinking this is just a caravan. You haven't won a trophy in three years. I hate that anyway, bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Apart from obviously Sats and Arsenal Wenger, because their bag was more Premier League FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you talk about managers that come to this country and win first trophy because it sets a standard, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho, League Cup all day long. 
all day long. And I, I don't understand the idea of, oh, it's a... Oh, actually, no. And I, understand. I definitely do get it. If your team doesn't win it, it's a Mickey Mouse Cup. That's essentially what it is. Yes. Or if your team wins it, oh, yeah, we won the trophy and I'm happy for it. Yeah. I've always told people, and I'll, I'll, I'll scream this to the rafters, I don't care if it's the community shield. Get me the trophy. Thank if you're you. in the final, play to yeah. win. Yes. Simple. I, agree. I think it's... I think I know Rio Ferdinand has said stuff, stuff on it like how he said that they never celebrated it. But people need to give context to that. We're not Thank talking you. to someone who doesn't win. We're talking to someone who was weak every year. They were winning. They weren't just battling to be the best at that moment in time. At the end of the season, they were either the best in the country or the best in Europe or one of the yeah. best in Europe. Of course, trophies are going to mean less to them than other trophies. If they went through a 10-year period of winning the Prem, they're not going to be thinking about the Prem. The only thing they're thinking about is the Champions League. That is the only thing they're caring about. Does that mean the Prem is a Mickey Mouse trophy? No. It's, you no. put context into it. If you're not winning a trophy every year, you cannot tell me a trophy is a Mickey Mouse trophy. You can't. You Thank actually you. can't. I can't Thank hear it. Man. I hate that. I hate the analogy. I hate the saying. I hate how people... It's always a big trophy when you win it, but it's not a big trophy once you don't win it. I hate it all. Mm-hmm. If it's not if it's not preseason, then it counts. That's it, and it starts with the community right. shield because that everyone says that, that starts sets the tone, and that's not because we win it. By the way, that like, even when Leicester win it, I thought it was a big win when they beat um they beat City. Like, was it yeah. Chelsea? Yeah, well, I thought it was a no, big no. win when they beat City and because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not even the trophy; it's that the game itself. Because you go with your first eleven and the community yeah. shield more often than not. And you go to win. You go to beat the champion and say, this is the precedent we're setting for the rest of the season. And that is how I feel all teams, to be honest, should be taking it. All teams. I don't Facts. think they'll do luxury. Facts. So, yeah. Facts. No, I agree. Even that real, I forgot, I forgot, about, I forgot about that real third now one. I remember the outroar and I was just like, guys, it, I, I didn't even think about it from the perspective of he's won so many Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues that that one was just like yeah. another one to him. For me, it was, he's trying to tell you it's about mentality. Yeah, I've won this one, but this is a mid-season trophy. The season doesn't end here. I need more. I need more. Give me more. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, I think he he spoke a bit further in depth in that, in that podcast where he said, um, essentially, I think when we won the League Cup, that was towards like the end of that three years where we didn't win the Premier League because we're yeah. rebuilding. You guys went invincible. Chelsea yeah. with Mourinho did the two years of just yeah, killing yeah. it. So we needed to build a team. Yeah. That set the tone because the players were like, "This tastes nice. Okay, I need more yeah, now." Keep going, Premier yeah. League came, Premier League and Champ- it sets tones. But hey, man, football fans is what it is, man. That's what they do. Yeah. But when your team wins it, it's like West Ham winning the Carab- um, the Conference Cup. You know what? If your team wins the Conference Cup, I'll see how you be. Yeah, you. Anyway, thank you. Got to call it there. Nice. No, no, go on, go on, go on. Go on. No, 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 I was, I was literally thing. gonna say no. You'd be ecstatic, yeah. The only reason I wouldn't celebrate the Carabao Cup is because it's mid-season. And I feel like celebrating would ruin your next few games. If the Carabao Cup came at the end of the season, I'm celebrating. Straight facts. Absolutely. I get a trophy. If the Champions League was in the middle of the season, I wouldn't celebrate because I'd be like, I'm happy about it. But you've got the rest of the Prem to play. You can't risk the rest of the Prem because you're too busy. You'll be livid if you lose by three points. And it was the three points of the game you didn't take seriously because you just wanted you just want a trophy you'd be livid so it's, it's only about the positioning in the season not about the how much the cup is worth personally if it comes if it comes only worth more because it happens at the end of the season that's because they treat it better but for a long time the FA cup was more important than the pre- than the first division back when it was first made and then it went to being the least important yeah, 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 yeah. legacy it's, it's, yeah it's changed so 
anyway, but yeah, that's just that's just my run. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's good to it's good to get it out of, out of our systems because sometimes I want to tweet something back to people, but I'm like, you know yeah, what? Let me not even. It's too many people to fight. Too many people. Yeah, fight. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Come and talk your stuff on here. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. And sometimes it's a bit of a therapy session, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But there you go. All right, bro. All right. No, no, this was a pleasure. This was a genuine Thanks pleasure. For and for those of you listening, I am about to allow AT to plug himself. Um, of course, he will be on here again. He's been on here in the past as well. So if you haven't checked him out, go check out his stuff. AT, please plug yourself your Twitter handle if you if you want. And of course, if people don't know your music, please plug that as yeah. well. So. I'm AT the Philosopher. Twitter handle, the official AT. Instagram. 80 underscore TP and that 80 is 80 and everything. Um, yeah, got music everywhere. 80 the philosopher on all social on all music platforms. I'm a music find a song you like. I've got loads of them now that my catalog is extensive. So, yeah, and then yeah, and then follow me and you'll see whenever I'm doing shows releasing songs. There you go, there you go. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thanks so much as well for the intro of the song as well. I'll keep I'll keep citing that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I'm your I'm Kojo. My personal handle is Kojo Free Midfield. I've been told to plug that a lot more often, so there you go. That's me. Um, but more so free midfield podcast on YouTube, free midfield everywhere else, the number three midfield. If you're here, you already know where to find it. If you're new and you're listening on Spotify, find us on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere else you want to find us. Um, even SoundCloud. I forget about SoundCloud as well. That's where I actually post the stuff in the beginning. SoundCloud as well. Um, and I should be taking a lot more utilization of TikToks. So once I ace that game, you will find us more on TikTok, TikTok. as well. Um, but the current videos of TikTok are to do with fans. And actually as well, if you want to watch one, it's about me and one of my friends, very good friend of mine, actually a brother, I'd say, singing the John Cena theme song. So there you go. All right. <laughs> All that good stuff. Like, comment, subscribe. Have a good one. Cheers. Uh, whole thing gets done up. How you gonna try and take three down, one up? Bro on the ball and you know he a gunner. Release it quick, I'll displace the runner. Lights get heavy when they're bright on you, but I'm iron rules, so I always shoot. Are you really sure for a 2v2? You could get left back when the third one's through. I'm the man in my city, so trust where United. So the walls can't come for the team. All enemies just spur me on, they can't make me mad. I'm the chosen son. No way, I mean, we're the chosen three. Attack and defend, sword and shield. How you gonna try and pass it round when you always see us free midfield? Bang it. <laughs>